Hello and welcome back to Lockdown Movie Club Season 1, Episode 3. We're very excited to be back. Thank you so much for joining us. So my name's Toomey. And I'm Lily. And we're just here to talk some more movies, you know? We're slowly making our way through the Marvel series, Episode 3. We've done Iron Man and uh, The Incredible Hulk so far. And we're moving straight on to Iron Man number 2. So released on 30th of April 2010, two years after Hulk and the first Iron Man movie came out. Oh, okay. So it's probably one of the longest gaps in the whole MCU. <laughs> yeah. Directed by John Favreau again, so he's back, which is good. I'm glad because he did a great job with the first one. I'm excited to see how he does with the second one. I have seen the movie before. I saw it when it came out, but it is the last Marvel movie I ever watched at the cinema, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Why did I not go back to Marvel movies after watching this one? Mm. What did it do? Have you seen it before? I think I have, but I can't really remember it that well. Like, it, yeah, it didn't really... No, I don't think it's that memorable of a movie. Yeah. I was talking to someone about it this morning, and they couldn't remember what happened in Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3. They were, like, trying to get the two confused. Oh, is there a third one? There's a third one. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> which I definitely have never seen. No, I haven't seen the third one, no. for sure. So this is this is the last episode of this podcast you'll hear where we're watching a movie we've seen before, or I've seen before, at least. After this, I haven't seen any of them, Black Panther, but I never saw any of them at the cinema. Iron Man 2 was the last one for me. Robert Downey Jr. is back as Iron Man. Obviously, no cast change there, but we have got Don Cheadle this time instead of Terrence Howard. Okay. Yeah, remember when we watched Iron Man, I incorrectly called him Don Cheadle? Yeah. This is why, because they swapped him for Terrence yeah. Howard. And what's really interesting, Terrence Howard was the highest paid actor in Iron Man 1. Really? Yeah. Oh. Because Robert Downey Jr. was like a oh, risk I at guess. the time. Yeah. He was considered like a high risk. So that's why he's not back in this one, because he refused to take a pay cut. Oh, okay. Terrence didn't really have that many lines, really, in the first one no it wasn't that big of a role really but do you remember they teed it up at the end for the sequel oh. he looks at the silver suit and he's like yeah. next time yeah that's true so that's we're gonna get don Cheadle in the silver right. suit yeah yeah we got scarlett johansson uh apparently is in this movie i guess as black widow because i know she's in the avengers movies as black widow so i guess this is where she first that appears that would make sense yeah that threw me off i didn't know she was going to be in this i was just looking up the cast maybe and it's just like notes. a little i, I don't know. know she was at the top of the bill for the oh. actors oh, okay. so i think it's maybe quite a big role then. we've also got mickey rourke and sam rockwell who is one of my all-time favorite actors i love sam Rockwell. i don't remember him in this movie at all i'm guessing he's the bad guy i feel like mickey rourke's going to be the muscly bad guy and sam rockwell is going to be like the evil genius behind oh, it okay. or something like that yeah i can see that because mickey rourke is a big dude he plays big scary men all the time and actually <laughs> really interesting history to I mickey can't. rourke <laughs> yeah well he started off as an amateur boxer and then he turned to acting in like the 70s and 80s and made a reasonable name for himself he kind of became a bit of a sex icon he appeared in all these kind of sexy kind of controversial movies that oh, okay. didn't do too well in america but were really well in europe <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh yeah yeah so he started to make a bit of a name for himself through the late 80s, but he went back to boxing and stopped acting because a lot of people came out saying he was a nightmare to work with. And he just had, he said he had no respect as himself for an actor and just didn't want to do it anymore. So he went back to boxing. And it wasn't until 
the 90s, he started doing some small roles, but he turned down multiple roles. He was meant to play Butch in Pulp Fiction, which oh. then went to Bruce Willis. So <laughs> but he turned that down. They wanted him and he said no. Oh. And then it wasn't until 2005 he got a starring role in Sin City. And then in 2008, he was in The Wrestler, which he was actually nominated for an Oscar for. Super serious movie. And Mickey Mm. Rourke is incredible, considering he was just like this muscle sex icon actor. (laughs) To come back after like 20 odd years of not acting, to then star in The Wrestler is one of the best performances ever. I mean, he stayed in shape, he's been boxing all the time. Well, that was another thing. He was a boxer and playing a wrestler. And he said himself, he had no respect for wrestlers. He thought it was just, you know, choreographed dance. <laughs> oh, that kind of wrestling. That kind of wrestling, right. yeah. So he's playing... Costumes a... and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he said as he studied wrestling more and watched these guys throwing themselves about, he realized there's a lot more to it than just choreographed dance, as he called it. And he found a newfound respect for um, wrestling. Um, and then two years later, Iron Man 2. As uh, I think his name's like Whiplash or something. I remember he has these these like electronic whips. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Right. He has like whips made of electricity or something like that. Yeah, no, I think I remember that. Yeah, I, I have yeah. this distinct memory of him on a racetrack, whipping them about at cars. So we'll see that. I'm mm. sure that happens in this movie. Okay. I think that was the big scene of the movie, you know, special effects and action at times. Like, oh, Mickey Rourke with laser whips. Whips. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the movie, two hundred million dollar budget, which was sixty million more than the first one. Not a massive difference. I mean, okay. I mean, sixty million is a lot of money, but yeah, but for movies, I yeah, guess. and it only grossed forty million more. So it took six hundred twenty-four million at the box office, which was forty million more uh, than Iron Man one. So it cost sixty million more to make, made forty million more. But considering how big of a success the first Iron Man is, they still tripled their investment on this movie. So. I mean, that's quite good for like a sequel, I guess. Yeah, no, Yeah, you're right. I don't know how well it was critically. And it'll be good to compare to Iron Man 3. Because, I mean, we mm. all know sequels suck. This movie obviously sucked for a reason when I watched it 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'll enjoy it now, but I have a feeling it sucked. So it'll be interesting, yeah, to see how it compares to the first one and the third one when we eventually get around to watching that. I am interested to see how this one compares. Um... I have sort of vague memories of it. I'm excited for Sam Rockwell mm. because I think he's great He'll no matter what he does. And that's pretty much the only thing I'm excited <laughs> for. <laughs> it's the only thing I don't really remember. I mean, Scarlett Johansson. I do love Scarlett Johansson. I think she's great. I guess uh, we can see if John Favreau's gotten better at explosions. Mm. You know? Oh, there's got to be more explosions. There's got to be, what, $60 million worth of explosions no, more? <laughs> oh, where else could that money be going? <laughs> it's all explosions. Yeah. And, and, you know, half it's in the whips. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) I reckon those whips were probably really expensive. Cool. All right. Well, that's Iron Man 2. We're ready to go watch it now. We've got 124 minutes before we return. In the meantime, enjoy uh, once again a word from our non-existent sponsors. (laughs) This is my new podcast. Yeah, I hope it's really fun. Come and watch the Marvel movies, even though they're dumb. All right, and we are back, 124 minutes, just over two hours back from a Iron Man 2 action fest. Uh, Lily, initial impressions? Look, it had its moments, but I did feel like it dragged a bit. Did you? Yeah, it had some lulls, I think. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, really? I honestly enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. 
Oh, okay. I feel like, yeah, it had a lot going on. Like, I'm keeping notes constantly, trying to keep up with, like, the plot. Because we're here, we're there, and there was a lot going on. I don't know about lol. There were a couple lols. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sort of. It felt In the third longer. quarter. Like, it, I could... It does. It does feel like it, we've it, been watching that all afternoon. It feels like we've been watching it for a long time. That's what I sort of mean by I felt like it had some lulls because I, I noticed how how long we've been watching the mm. film. Today we've only been gone two hours, four minutes, but I swear it's been like half a day. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That's what it does. Well, let's run through the plot and discuss where you thought those lulls were and we'll talk about our favourite bits, our worst bits. So there's going to be some cheese in there. So we open with Mickey Rourke in Russia with his mm. dying father watching the news report of the end of the first movie of Tony Stark announcing he's Iron Man. They're watching that live. His father dies immediately after seeing that, uh, which causes Mickey Rourke to create something from Stark Industries plans. We can see he's got secret plans somehow and he starts tap tap tapping away and then it cuts to six months later and we're at stark expo acdc plays which is what i was hoping for when the <laughs> film started and there was an acdc immediately i was like okay well, you're already worse than the first movie but then we see iron man jumping into a stadium with cheerleaders and acdc oh, and thing. massive crowd <laughs> i don't think it was great <laughs> and then tony stark goes into his like monologue with just massive ego monologue i'm not saying i'm the second coming of christ <laughs> oh, essentially basically what he was saying i wrote big ego big ego <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's tony stark in it and that come, comes back at the end of the movie when samuel l jackson says we want iron man for avengers but not tony stark <laughs> and i guess that's why because of his ego and he's reckless and compulsive and all of that he's a bit of a hot mess isn't he yeah yeah and he becomes a bit more of a hot mess yeah, later on when he's <laughs> drunk in his suit so then tony's leaving the expo and as he's leaving we get our stanley cameo mm-hmm as, as uh, Larry King. Larry King. They're leaving and it's this really cool actual uh, first person shot of Tony's point of view as he's leaving and he's getting hassled by the crowd for autographs and girls wanting to give him his number. And you've got his security guard, you know, trying to fight them off, John Favreau, fighting them off and uh, kind of keep Tony on track. And then he's, yeah, he's feeding like, names into his ear. Coming. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, here, this is Larry King. Tony starts, goes, Larry! <laughs> it's just Stanley, <laughs> like, <"Ugh."> <laughs> <laughs> That was a good cameo. Yeah. And then he gets served by Kate Mara. And I thought she was going to be in the movie more. I saw her name in like the credits on IMDb. Oh. Because uh, okay. she's a reasonably big actress. I mean, maybe not when this came out. She was starred in like House of Cards. I know that. And she's got kind of always been a face that's been dotted around. Um, but yeah, she literally serves Tony Stark his court papers. And that's it. She never pops up again. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we cut to court. Tony's in front of the senator. And a whole bunch of other people. And he's just not taking it very seriously. No. Getting a bit cocky. Do they want to take his Iron Man suit from him? But he's not giving it up. And then they introduce Sam Rockwell. Who turns out just to be a complete loser in this movie. Oh, yeah. He sucked. Yeah. He was just a rich <laughs> loser. I thought he was going to be like some genius brainiac scientist or something. But he's not. He's just an idiot. He's just got money. He's literally just got money and... And a weapons company. <laughs> yeah. And he hates Tony. He wants Tony's fame and, and everything, I think. Yeah, he just wants Tony's whole pizzazz mm. and image. And... and there's a great scene in the courtroom where they're basically arguing that other people are trying to imitate 
the Iron Man suit and it's not safe for it to be out there. And Tony goes, oh yeah, other people are trying to imitate it. Let's have a look. And he just hacks in on their, all their TV screens, brings up, let's see what North Korea are doing. We see them with some terrible robot that falls apart. Yeah. Let's see what these people are doing. And it's, let's see what Hammer Industries are doing. And it's Sam Rockwell <laughs> on the screen in court trying this prototype that just completely fails. And, and then he shuts off the whole computer system and you just hear it in the background. He says, I'd like to point out that test subject survived. I thought that was a great quote. <laughs> that was a, that was a good moment. Um, but yeah, that was our first glimpse of him just being a bit of a loser. And my favorite part of the courtroom scene is the senator just says, fuck you, Mr. Stark. But they bleep it out because uh, Disney. Yeah, well, because <laughs> Tony goes, you ass clowns. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He calls him a bunch of ass clowns. And he's like, fuck you, Mr. Stark. But that senator was one of the great... Oh. running jokes in this movie because you only really yeah. see him three times there's that bit in the courtroom then there's a bit where he's on the news later on he's basically just saying what a mess tony is mm. and then right at the end of the movie tony's getting a medal for being a hero and nick fury oh no he says to nick fury so i have one request i need a presenter for my award and i end up getting the senator to give him his award senator stern and uh yeah that was a great ending i thought oh gosh yeah in the courtroom He's when they've got a uh, Colonel Road saying his like analysis of the Iron Man suit and everything, and he's just basically like just Stern's just there being like, just say the incriminating bit. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, but that's just that's out of context. Like you know, you and he's like, just say it, and he goes, yeah, but there's a lot more to this point that I wanted to make. Nope, don't care. <laughs> nope, don't care. Just say the bad bit. And actually, that's a good point. That's when Don Cheadle walks in for mm. the first time. In fact, his first line in the movie is, I'm here, it's me. Because obviously the actors changed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, is that intentional? That's got to be intentional. Because Tony's like, oh, you're here. And he goes, yeah, I'm here, it's me. Let's go. <laughs> and then we get our first appearance of Whiplash, which I think was the bad guy's name, Mickey Rourke. Uh, yeah, I think that. Mm, we just see him. He's still tinkering away. So it's been six months. He's still tinkering away in his mm. bedroom somewhere. In Russia. Russia. And that's when we first see his electronic laser whip things as he gets it working. And then he gets his passport at some point, And we see him with a ticket to the Monaco Grand Prix. Ooh, Ooh what's he up to? Who knows? So back at Tony's mansion, turns out Tony's not doing so good. His not heart thing is... Not only saving his life, but also slowly killing him. Yeah, his uh, blood is quite toxic. Mm, he has to drink this weird like brown coffee stuff to try and stabilize him, but it's not really working. He's talking to Jarvis, trying to sort it out. Oh, and that was another interesting point. Jarvis, right? His computer? Yeah. The voice is done by Paul Bettany, British actor, who stars in the new Marvel TV thing, WandaVision. Oh. But he's, yeah, he stars as some weird, like, android thing. So I wonder if the characters are actually connected too. Mm. So there's the voice of Jarvis and he plays this other thing in the same universe. So they wouldn't get the same actor to play two different things, right? So I wonder if that yeah. comes into it later. I just thought that was an interesting thing. I mean, for those that have watched the whole MCU, it may be obvious. <laughs> Maybe <may> <laughs> yeah. like, well, yeah, obviously that's where Jarvis comes from. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just saw Paul Bettany and I was like, oh, he's in WandaVision. I wonder they must be connected somehow. So hopefully we'll come back to this moment in like 15 movies time. <laughs> It'll all like, make sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, so despite Tony's heart not doing too good, he decides he's going to go to the Monaco F1 because apparently everyone goes to the Monaco F1, including Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I actually put that as like a bit of a cringe moment, the oh, bit with Elon Musk. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, they obviously just wanted to have an Elon Musk cameo because these are all meant to be billionaires, right? So let's get an actual billionaire to play himself. And he just has like a one line to Mr. Star. He's like, hey, I'm thinking of an uh, electric spaceship or something, right? I got an idea for an electric jet. <laughs> I, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, cringe. And, like and then Tony just fobs him up yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's cool elon yeah whatever <laughs> like at first when we saw elon's face i was like hey elon and then he does his little line like working on electric jets like, okay see ya elon Bye. <laughs> like, that guy in his electric vehicles Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at monaco f1 um tony stark decides he's gonna drive the car because he's like what's the point in owning a race car if you never drive it <laughs> he just kicks out the driver <laughs> yeah driver throws <laughs> his helmet on the floor so pissed <laughs> They have all the names on the TV and you just see like the driver's name disappear and then Tony Stark <laughs> come up. <laughs> that was great. Um, so Tony being Tony, drives, he's, he's off. He's driving around the track, but that's when we see Whiplash, angry Russian, Mickey Rourke, slowly walking by the side. Is he sucking on a lo- lollipop? Oh, he has the classic like bad dude in a movie trope where he's just constantly chewing on a toothpick. He's always got a yeah, toothpick, <laughs> right, yeah. He just always just has looking a toothpick. Mean. He's like, ugh, I just need a toothpick. <laughs> my <laughs> thinking pick. It's my thinking pick. <laughs> so he just rocks up into the middle of the track, rips off. Oh, no, he doesn't rip off his shirt. He activates his thing, which it then... Just burns off his overalls. <laughs> yeah, just burns him clean off. He's fine, though. He's fine. Yeah, no, he's tough as nails. And then he gets out his whips, and they're pretty cool. He whips that first car in half. It does a big old flip. Yeah. Um, and then Tony comes at him, and he whips Tony in half. Tony does a big flip. And then he walks away, and all the cars come around the corner and crash into each other, causing so, massive one explosion. sees him on the track and turns to stop. And then two more crash in, and then it's a big explosion. Big explosion. Which is quite cool with like his whips out and everything. Yeah, because you've got the explosion, he's walking away, not looking back, whips out. You've got bits of F1 cars flying towards the camera. Whips out. <laughs> whips out. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. And then we get the first fight scene with, uh, it's just Tony and Whiplash to begin with. Tony doesn't have his suit. And meanwhile, mm. John Favreau has his suit in some Iron Man suitcase. Oh yeah, he and Potts have jumped in the car, <laughs> and then they're driving on the track on the wrong way. Like, Obviously. oh god, they don't they don't get hit. It's fine. no, no, they're just cruising along the wrong way in on like F1 a one track. Roll, yeah, I think it's like a Rolls, Rolls Royce. Royce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was pretty cool. So Tony has to fight him without any superpowers or his super suit to begin with. And, you know, it's not going too well. He's kind of got him up against the ropes. And then Jon Favreau just drives into Whiplash, forces him into the barrier. And then we have this really, there's another cringy scene where Tony's trying to get the suit. Yeah, I put cheese. Tony's trying to get the suit from Pepper Pox in the back seat. Meanwhile, Jon Favreau keeps ramming the guy. So he's going back and forth in the car to ram the guy more because he keeps nearly getting up. Tony can't get the suit because the car's going back and forth and Pepper's either like, just take the suit. And Tony's like, well, I can't get the suit. Stop driving the car. It was just, and meanwhile, Favreau's just, I'm hitting him. I'm hitting him again. It was like, nah. It was quite cheesy. It was cheesy. Um, but then Tony gets the suit on. And the suit's had a bit of an upgrade. Yeah, silver it's face now. now, you know, it's portable. Yeah, he just kind of picks up the suitcase, right? And it just... He just, like, aimed, takes it, over him. aimed it towards him. He, like, maybe puts his hands in or He something. puts his hands in, holds it up to his chest, and then it all just, and then it all just engulfs him. Yeah, does its thing. Yeah, so, you know, that's an upgrade. Bit of a suit upgrade. Yeah, a bit of silver in there. Silver and red. So then they have a bit of a fight scene, whiplash gets him by the whips and tony just pulls himself closer using the whips and 
I don't even remember what he does to him. Shoot, I think he shoots him a bit, but then he rips the heart. Oh, that's it. Out. That's it. He pulls himself closer with the whips, and then he rips the heart out, which is just powering the whips. Yeah. So then he loses all power in his suit, and the police come and get him. And the guy spits blood. Which I, yeah, it was a pretty which, nasty. It was a bit yeah, gross. it was. Mm. Uh, but nice to see a bit of blood in a Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. First bit of blood <laughs> in three movies, so that's good. No, we've had we've had a little bit. Remember when Bruce Banner dropped a little bit of blood into that bottle? Ooh. I'm pretty sure that's the only drop of blood we've seen up until that point. <laughs> so Whiplash then gets taken into prison, where he's quickly broken out by Sam Rockwell, and I thought that scene was pretty cool. So he's just sat in prison. And he gets a food delivery with a note that says, "Enjoy the mashed potatoes." And he picks it up, and it's actually a blob of C4. Yeah. And he's kind of working out. He doesn't expecting this at all. So you see him kind of working out. Okay, I've got C4. I'm obviously about to get broken out of here. And then a new inmate gets put into his cell with him, who happens to have mm. the same number on. They notice they have the same number on their uh, overalls. Do you think that guy knew? Was he? In no. That? No. Because you can see his face. He's, he's looking a... at the numbers like, oh shit. And then yeah, he gets swiftly a, a killed. <laughs> Yeah, so he's basically to make it look like Whiplash died in an explosion. And then after killing the prison inmate, a key is just randomly delivered by another agent inside the prison. So he mm. uses the key to get out of the cell, plants the C4 to make it look like he's blown, blown up and died. And we see him very quickly break a security guy's neck. Yes. <laughs> Pretty brutal. The guy's like, hey, get back in your cell. But in French, hey, monsieur, you must get back in your cell. <laughs> and Whiplash. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And Whiplash just does a little move on him. Here his neck break and walks out of there. And then uh, he gets a bag thrown on his head, gets thrown in the back of a van, and he wakes up in a hangar with a private jet and a dinner table with Sam and, Rockwell. Yeah. And Sam Rockwell basically wants to hire him to um, develop some crazy technology that he can show off at the next Stark Expo because he just wants to show up Tony Stark. Mm. That's Sam Rockwell's only goal. Meanwhile, Whiplash is obviously thinking, okay, I'll come work for you because you've got all the resources, but I'm going to do whatever I want and just lead you on the whole time. <laughs> kind of like a Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Winklevoss twin oh. situation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, Whiplash and Hammer. Meanwhile, Iron Man's basically dying. He's got like less than 24 hours to live. It's his birthday. He's having a birthday party and he's going a bit off the rails. This is where Pepper Potts walks in and he's there drunk in front of a crowd in his Iron Man suit and she tries to shut the party down and he's like, no, we're going to keep partying and then they start doing, uh, what's it called where you do the shooting and someone throws a clay pigeon clay pigeon shooting. They oh, start yeah. doing that but with like champagne bottles and his Iron Man suit in the middle of the party <laughs> and Don Cheadle sees this and he's like, I'm not having any of this. Tony, you're supposed to be responsible with this technology, alright? You know, the army's trying to seize it. You're out here drunk, having a party. I'm going to go get in the other Iron Man suit that Terrence Howard looked at in Iron Man 1. I'm going to go get in that and kick your ass. So he rocks up in his full suit and just tells everyone, go home. And they all run away. And then Tony's like, all right, we're going to fight. Let's put on some music. Roll in, queen, another one bites the dust, right? Yeah. And we've got this semi-comical fight scene. I wasn't paying too much attention to it. I didn't really care for it that much. Uh, yeah. They're just the two Iron Men linging each other around the house just for five minutes. Destroying Iron... Well, Tony's house. Maybe. Yeah, totally destroying his beautiful house. Yeah. <laughs> and then Don Cheadle takes off with the suit in the end. They have this big power combo where they both go to use their, like, hand palm charges. They fire it at each other and it causes a big explosion that again destroys Tony's house and then Don Cheadle just takes off with the suit 
So Nick Fury then decides he needs to have a word with Tony Stark. We cut to Tony Stark in his Iron Man suit, eating a donut on top of a donut shop. You know how they have those massive like donuts you see in America on the donut shop? He's just sat in the middle of this donut. This is a box of donuts. Yeah. Great. Sir, I'm uh, going to have to ask you to exit the donut. <laughs> <laughs> so then they have a talk in the diner, um, just talking about how to help Tony or what's wrong with him. And Black Widow walks in. We haven't even mentioned her yet. Skojo. No. So Skojo appeared earlier as a Pepper Potts replacement because Tony's offered Pepper Potts CEO of Stark Industries and he needs a new assistant, yeah. uh, which walks in Skojo while... Um, Robert Downey Jr. or Tony Stark is having a boxing lesson with uh, John Favreau. Yeah, and then he's, he's training. He's I training, guess. and then Scarlett Johansson walks in and completely smashes John Favreau because <laughs> he, he does this whole like, "Oh, do you want to have a go in the ring?" And she's like, "Oh, be sweet little on me. What would I, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing." Jumps in, boom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just 360 flips him onto his back. John Farrell gets up like, oh, I slipped. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how we're introduced to Skojo, who is a bit, she's just a bit promiscuous with Tony for kind of no she's, reason. She's like, the, she's there in the flirty role. I suppose she's trying to honeypot she's him, isn't she? She's kind of, yeah, she's the, the seductress. Because mm, we learn later on she's actually a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that's been hired to keep an eye on Tony. So I mm. guess she wants to keep him a little, oh, Mr. Stark. She's she's dangling the carrot. Yeah, well, there's a couple <laughs> of lines she have, which are just pure filth. She makes him a martini, gives it to him, looks him dead in the eye and just goes, is that dirty enough for you? <laughs> I know! What? <laughs> Is that dirty enough for you? This is a Marvel movie, Skojo. <laughs> Keep it in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> and then not even a minute later, Tony's like, if you only had 24 hours to live and it was your birthday, what would you do? And she just goes, I'd do whatever I want with whoever yeah. I want. Oh, oh Skojo. <laughs> so anyway, later on, big reveal. <laughs> We're at the diner, and uh, Skojo walks in in her Black Widow... What is that? Is it leather? That's a get-up. It's a tight get-up. That's a Black <laughs> Widow tight get-up. Um, they give Tony an injection in the neck to help him live a little longer, um, and they give him a box from his deceased father to help him discover the cure to why his heart is killing him. And they basically put him under house arrest. They, they give a useless S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to keep an eye on him, who really serves no purpose in these movies other than to tie them all together. Yeah, what's what's his, name? his name? I don't know. It's just random shield agent. Oh, I don't know. Carlson? Carlson? Is it something like that? Sure, we'll go with Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the shield agent who henceforward shall be known as Carlson. Carlson? Carson. Carson. <laughs> Carson. I don't know. So he's there with Tony at the house and he's like, I'm here to make sure under no circumstances you don't go anywhere. And he's like, okay. And then he's working away. And then a few scenes later, Tony goes somewhere. And, he's, and he doesn't even notice. The guy doesn't even notice. Never comes into it. Tony goes off. He speaks to Pepper Potts. He, he comes back home. And then the agent comes in going, I heard you went somewhere. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I did. And the agent goes, okay, well, I'm leaving now. <laughs> I've been reassigned. Yeah. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? You did nothing. What was your Yeah, was he goes, point? I'm being reassigned to New Mexico, which then comes into it in the end of the movie, which we'll get to. So, yeah, after lots of tinkering around, Tony discovers the new element, and he, he makes a new knot 
heart thing out of that to keep him more powered than he ever was before. Yeah, Hurrah. which comes from, was it like a 3D kind of model? So it's the model of this, what is it? It's like a village world thing that his dad built. That's where the Botanical Gardens is. That's where we see the Stark Expo. It's all in this massive, I don't know what to call it. It's like a fairground, but it's all like the mm. future of technology. It's like Tomorrowland at Disney World. But, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And the layout of that, Tony notices when he's looking at an aerial photo, hey, that kind of looks like a molecule or a particle or something. And then he starts talking all science-y talk. And he does a little <laughs> bing-bang-bosh. He's putting together this big machine to create a new element. And we get another call-out to another Marvel movie. He's bing-bang-boshing, putting this machine together. And he says, uh, I'm looking for a part. Oh, oh, Carlson. Carlson like, rocks up. Ca- Carlson rocks up. He's like, oh. What have you got that for? Yeah. And who's... What's he got? Captain America's shield. <laughs> I had to think for a second. I was going to say Thor's shield. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got something that looks like Captain America's shield. It's, it's so good. It's got a bit, some bits missing. It's a I don't little know. bit. Maybe as we watch more of the movies, rough. we'll understand how it got there. Yeah. But he's like, uh, how did you get this? And he goes, oh, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Give it here. And then he just uses the shield to prop something up to make it level. And he goes, yeah. there we go, level. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice little dig at Captain America. So Tony's now got his new... More powerful thing, reactor in his chest. Um, but meanwhile, Don Cheadle has gone with the extra suit back to the army, and the army are selling the suit to Hammer. And when they sell it to him, they're saying, Yeah, Hammer wants the suit so he can use it as his opening to his show at the Stark Expo. So Hammer basically wants to say, Just use Tony's suit as a prop for his new technology, which Whiplash is supposed to be uh, creating as we speak. And we have this scene where. Um, Hammer sells a bunch of weapons to the army. Well, it's an exchange. So the army are there giving him the Iron Man suit or the uh, War Machine suit. And he's getting out all these weapons. Like, you don't want this. This is child's play. Oh, what's this? A tank machine gun? You don't want that. That's for hippies. And then he brings out this rocket and he's like, this is the best thing I've ever made. It can level a building. It can blow up a bunker. Beneath the bunker, you're trying to blow up. Um, it's the size of cigar, like a cigar. Cigar, yeah. He calls it. He's like, this is the, the Cohiba. Cuban. Yeah, this is the Cuban. This is the the one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're like, yeah, we'll take all of it. You can have the suit. They exchange it, and he runs off with the suit. So he's gone and acquired the new Iron Man suit, and then he realizes that Whiplash isn't doing the work Whiplash is supposed to be doing. He's slacking off. He's slacking. Every time he checks up on Whiplash, he's like, well, hey, what happened to the helmet? Because they've, they've developed, you know, some suits, but they're crap. And Whiplash is like, no, I'll make them better. And they, Sam Rockwell goes to check on him, and he's like, what have you done to my suits? Like, look at this helmet. You can't get a head in this helmet. He tells his security guard, you try and put your head in this helmet. He's like, I can't get my head in. He can't get his head in the helmet. <laughs> Sam Rockwell <laughs> being Sam such- Rockwell cheesy moment where like <laughs> the, the guy the, I don't know is he henchman a henchman henchman number one yeah Jack um, <laughs> put your head in there and he just sort of bangs <laughs> yeah. the, the head of the the robot he just headbutts it and goes <laughs> my head ain't going in like, <laughs> so stupid so stupid but he's losing his patience with Whiplash and Whiplash is like no drone is better so he makes all these drones, and then Sam Rock was like, okay, you're done with my drones, are they ready to go? Are they going to be good to demonstrate? And he goes, you said presentation, not demonstration. He goes, well, what can you get them to do? He goes, salute. I make them <laughs> salute. <laughs> so Sam Rock was like, ugh, fine, you just make them salute. I'm going to put some extra weapons on the war machine suit, and we'll use that as the main demo. And he locks Whiplash up. He takes everything, but he takes his shoes. He's like, take his shoes, take his bird. He goes, yeah, see how I took everything from you? How does it feel? The little man just... Making a mistake by bullying the big man. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, and he like leaves two guards to keep an eye on him. He's like, I'm going to oh, leave yeah. these two guards to keep an eye on you. And then next scene, they're just hanging from their necks. <laughs> <laughs> they are dead straight away. <laughs> Which Ooh. then brings us up to the big finale of the movie. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was a much better ending than the first Iron Man. So Stark Expo's going on. Hammer, Sam Rockwell's doing his presentation. He's got like 50 drones up on the stage that can just salute. And then he's got Don Cheadle in the silver suit with extra weapons attached to it doing a demonstration. Meanwhile, Tony comes flying in to warn them that Whiplash is still alive and is going to do something bad because he got a phone call from him for no reason. Because, well, big plot twist... Those drones can do a lot more than salute. Because <laughs> Tony rocks up and Whiplash is still back at Hammer headquarters, but remotely takes over all the drones. So Don Cheadle soon realizes that he can't control his suit anymore. He's like, hey, something crazy's happened to my suit. It's all in Russian. I think I'm being hacked. And Tony's like, oh no, it's Whiplash. And he's like, get everyone out of here. We then see all the guns on all the drones point at Tony as he propels himself up through the ceiling, smashing all the glass onto the I mean, massive they, crowd below. They love a glass ceiling. <laughs> love a glass ceiling and do not consider how dangerous it really is. <laughs> and uh, no one's hurt by falling glass. No, you've, you've got Tony, he goes up through the glass and then you've got like 50 drones with machine guns all shooting at him, breaking every single panel of glass in this massive glass stadium that we're in. When you've got probably, what, five... 10,000 people all trying to leave with glass raining down on them. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, they don't do glass well. <laughs> anyway, Tony manages to defeat pretty much most of the drones in that chase. They end up back at the like botanical gardens. And that's when he starts fighting with Don Cheadle. But Black... Oh, yeah. Black Widow. Yeah. So this is where she really kicks ass. That was one of my favorite scenes. That was a good scene. So they're trying to go find Whiplash because he's controlling all of these drones remotely. So Black Widow and John Favreau, the bodyguard, team up and they go to Hammer headquarters to mm. find him. And they're like breaking into the building and John Favreau's like, there's no way I'm letting you go in there alone. She's like, okay, come with me. So they walk in, security guards there. John Favreau just straight punches the dude right in the face. <laughs> and then they have like their own fight scene while she goes off and fights everyone else in the building. And it is awesome. It's like in all these super bright white corridors. And then she's just in her all black getup with her like fire red hair. It's a good contrast. It was a great contrast. And she's kicking ass. She's pulling some moves. She's doing like backflips, twists. The choreography of that fight scene was genuinely mm. great. But what I did notice is it kind of happens in rounds, right? So she defeats a couple bad guys and then she's got a couple seconds and then she defeats a couple more. And every time after each round, she does a move and then she looks up directly at the camera. Every <laughs> single time. She'll flip someone up. She's on her knees. Look up at the camera. Run towards the next guy. Flip. Stab that guy. Twisty, twisty. And look up at the camera. <laughs> every single time. And the final one. The best bit. She just looks up at the camera and then her hand pops out and she just straight like pepper sprays someone in the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think she's all done. It's like the music stops. She's defeated everyone. They're all on the ground. She walks away and just without even looking just maces some dude that just appears to her right hand side. And then meanwhile, John Favreau finishes fighting the one guy he's one been guy. fighting the whole time. Just looks up like, I got him. And then there's just bodies everywhere. There's a dude hanging from the ceiling in the background as well. That it's was like, a cool scene. <laughs> So they try to find Whiplash. He's not there. They end up hacking into the computer system to hack War Machine's uh, suit and give that a system reboot so that Whiplash can no longer control 
War Machine. It's now Don Cheadle has control of the machine again, and it's time for him and Tony to team up and fight the rest of the bad guys. And we get that awesome move where they're back-to-back as all the drones are flying into the botanical gardens, and both of their suits just close up. The masks just go like, swing, swing. And I love that. And then they just... Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and shooting everyone. They kill all the robots. They all die. And then they're like, whoa, we've got another drone coming. And this reference number is like 001. <laughs> and it's like drone 001. Like, oh, no. And, of course, it's Whiplash. He's developed a super badass suit with improvements from the last time because Tony gave him advice on how to improve his suit when he was in prison. So he's like, hey, I did those improvements you told. And Don mm. Cheadle's like, don't worry, I've got this. Because his suit is loaded with that Cuban rocket type thing that Sam Rockwell sold him earlier that's <laughs> supposed to be able to level a building. And it charges up, you hear it, fires straight at Whiplash and just ricochets it's off his suit. Dink. <laughs> just does dink. It literally goes dink. And then Tony just turns to him like, is that from Hammer? He goes, yeah. He's like, Typical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big fight scene, good fight scene, lots of more broken glass. How do they end up defeating him? Oh, yeah, they do the move that they did earlier when they were fighting each other in Tony's mansion. So Whiplash has got them both. He's got a whip in both hands, and he's got them both on the end of the whips. And Tony says to him, he like quotes what the argument they were having earlier when they're in his mansion. They charge up their hand, pistol, phaser things, fire it. They meet in the middle, causes a big explosion right where Whiplash is. And blows him to smithereens. Oh, no, it doesn't. He then blows himself up. Oh, that's right. That's right. So he's lying on the ground. And they go over to him like, yeah, we defeated you. And he just goes, ha ha, you lose. And then his chest starts flashing red. And then all the drones start flashing red. Tony's like, oh, i got to get Pepper. So he flies in. He rescues Pepper as the whole thing explodes. And then on a rooftop in the distance, we get the moment that I'm sure many fans waited for and wanted. We get a big old smoochy kiss between Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, or as Don Cheadle describes it, what did he say? It's like two seals fighting over a grape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they have this whole like romantic moment where they're kissing and stuff, and they're like, "Is it weird? Feels a bit weird." And Don Cheadle just turns out is there the whole time, and the bar just goes, out there watching." Yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Get a roof." <laughs> yeah, He's I was like, here first. I was here first. Yeah. <laughs> And so that all happened. Sam Rockwell, amongst all this, just got arrested just by, like, regular NYPD. This yeah. guy's, like, a billionaire that nearly, like, destroyed the world. <laughs> and he just get an NYPD just rock up. Hey, you're going downtown. But I don't understand why the NYPD listened to Pepper Potts. She's just a CEO of a company. But then they, they come and arrest Sam Rockwell. Then they're all leaving the building and she's like giving them orders. They always just listen to her. Yeah, I'm like, why is this random NYPD officer listening to just a businesswoman taking orders from her? I'm I like, mean, this is why she's CEO. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, she is a girl boss, that's for sure. That happens and then ACDC, Highway to Hell, end of the movie. And then we have the after credit scene, which is in New Mexico, which is where our favourite S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Wilson, what did we call him? <laughs> Carlson? Carlson, yeah. I don't know why I think it's that. It's probably completely no. wrong. He's probably like John's or something. I don't want us to ever look it up. He is Carlson for <laughs> the remainder of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're in New Mexico. We see him in the middle of a desert, get out of his blacked out car, jumps on the phone, says, we found it. And then camera pulls back to dun, 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 yeah. Thor's hammer. 
way. And this is back in... So with these references to, like, Thor and Captain America and stuff, you got to remember that these are the first Marvel movies. So only people that got those references were already fans of, like, the comics and stuff, right? Like, I remember that was, like, an Easter egg when that Captain America shield appeared in Iron Man 2. Only the real nerds on the internet would be like, hey, here's something you might not know. That's actually a shield for Captain America or another Marvel comic. Because no one knew who was going to be in the Avengers at this point. None of those movies had been announced, as far as I know. Nerds or dedicated fans? Uh, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's it. That's the plot of Iron Man. There was a fair bit going on there. Like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I rated it a lot higher than I thought I would. I was pretty entertained the whole way. There was really no moments I thought they could have cut. I thought, as far as sequels go, they did a pretty good job of coming up with a new storyline that didn't follow your typical narrative, like the last kind of, like Hulk and Iron Man, they very much had the same narrative. I mean, they it was a bit different. You've got, instead of just, you know, your good guy and your bad guy, you've just got several people just all stabbing each other in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Rockwell's character was quite interesting because he was, he's just a loser with money. Yeah. But he, he's he's funny. He does his usual Sam Rockwell thing. He dances oh, at one point. Oh, little dance. I love Sam Rockwell's <laughs> little dance. Anytime Sam Rockwell dances in anything, it's always good. Oh, he's got he's such so good, good like leg movements. He does his little whippy feet thing. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, like dancing good. on the spot. Yeah, he's good. Um, did you have a favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote was um, uh, Iron Man to Nick Fury saying, "I don't want to join your super secret boy band." <laughs> yeah 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 i told you guys i don't want to join your boy band <laughs> yeah secret super secret boy band yeah that was pretty good nick fury then has a good quote as well he says i've got my eye on you oh uh, god yeah i think i put a little cheese, little next, cheese to next to that i didn't mind he's that got an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> or no my favorite quote is tony creates his new heart powers it on he's like Ugh, tastes like coconut and metal <laughs> that was so good tastes like coconut and metal <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. Right, so the big question is, how does it compare to Iron Man 1 and The Incredible Hulk? Lily, your thoughts? Well, I feel like it was... It had more cheesy moments for me. Yeah. More cheese than Iron Man or Hulk? Or both? Or both. Really? I feel like, yeah. I think Iron Man 2 was more cheesy than Hulk. I mean, that was... Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've also got... Scojo and I don't call Scojo cheesy in this. Oh, I liked her. I found it. I found it a bit cringy. Yeah, it was. But I mean, she's. Uh, yeah, I, I see know. what you mean. Her yeah. eyes win me over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she stared directly yeah. at you through the camera. She did, man. She spoke to my soul. Um, so, yeah. I mean, for me, it's definitely better than Incredible Hulk. Oh yeah. I would rather if we were going to sit down and watch one of them again. I would rather watch that again than Hulk. Hulk was too just basic, standard, Liv Tyler, couldn't deal with it. <laughs> um, this, I thoroughly enjoyed. For me, it's a hardcore... The, I think the only reason I can't say it's better than Iron Man 1 is because it is a sequel, and you can't have... Well, I mean, you can. There's a few instances in movie history where sequels are better than the first one, but they're very few and far between. And to give Iron Man 2 a better rating than Iron Man 1, I don't know. It did a good job, I think. Yeah, it did a great job of a sequel. So we agreed it takes the number two spot? I think so. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. that was a pretty predictable decision. And despite, I don't know, I know I said it was cheesy, but it made me laugh, so. Yeah, yeah. No, It, it was enjoyable moments. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely had less cheese than Incredible Hulk and more laughs, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
Um, so there you go. That's Iron Man in first place, Iron Man 2 in second place, and Incredible Hulk in third place. That now means we have watched 362 minutes of the MCU, which is comprised of a total of 2,996 minutes, which leaves us with 2,634 minutes to go. So join us next time, where we'll be watching the next in the series, moving on to Thor, a movie I've never seen before. So yeah, that's going to be on the next episode of Lockdown Movie Club. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end, we really, really appreciate it. We've been having lots of fun doing this and are going to continue having fun moving forward. Once again, my name's Toomey. I'm Lily. Thanks for listening. Bye.